Um, so some of you may have heard I'm not speaking today, which is either, thank you, that makes me feel good, uh, which is either a good or a bad thing. Uh, but in this case, it's a good thing. Uh, I actually broke out in cold sweats last night because I, I was like, I didn't prepare a message. <laughs> and then I realized that I don't have to. So uh, today we are lucky enough to have uh, Pastor Tom Jacobs with us. Pastor Tom is the superintendent of the Iowa Ministry Network, which is the association of churches that our church uh, is a part of, of over the state of Iowa. And uh, he was also my pastor growing up. So when, when my parents moved to Sioux City in fifth grade, we went to this church called Morningside Assembly, uh, and that uh, was the church that Ash, Ashley and I both grew up at, because Tom is Ashley's dad. So, uh, so there's a lot of connections happening here. Yes, I married the lead pastor's daughter. <laughs> what that meant is that, well, I'm boring, is what that means. No. Uh, <laughs> No, but in all seriousness, the, the reality is that Pastor Tom was, was and is uh, my pastor. He uh, is the example for me of what a pastor should go, should be. Um, and so uh, anytime we get to an opportunity to hear him, uh, I, was, I said to Ashley the other day, it's wonderful to have your dad coming because I don't like worry that I need to make any, smooth anything out or he's going to say something that I don't want him to say. It's great. Um, but it's also just uh, a wonderful opportunity to hear from really the best communicator that I know uh, and the person ar around whom I've patterned most of my life in terms of pastoral ministry. So um, if you would join me in, well, well, oh, wait a minute, never mind. I'm going to read a scripture for today. There we go. So if you would stand for the reading of God's word, then we'll get into the, and then we'll get into that. So our text for today is from Numbers uh, chapter 6, verses 24 through 27, and it reads, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. You may be seated. Pastor Tom? Thank you. Thanks so much. Wow, Nick, that was kind of emotional. Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's uh, when you renamed the Church Grace Community, uh, I knew that that was the result of your pastor's leadership because uh, Pastor Nick and Pastor Ashley have uh, always been oriented toward community. And uh, it's an environment that we grew up in and they grew up in. I, I, I was actually the adult in the situation. But uh, it's, it's fun to see what God is doing here at Grace Community. It's really exciting, and it's really healthy. And that's what we're after, isn't it? A healthy church that brings glory and honor to God. That's what we're after. Um, and, you know, so much of that, uh, so much of life revolves around our perspective. I heard recently this story of, uh, it was World War II uh, in France, there was a general and a private who had been assigned to the general. The general was a gruff old character, and the private was kind of intimidated and had almost been maybe even verbally abused by the general. I'm sure he was trying to keep him in discipline. And They were riding on a train, and sitting immediately across from them was a mother, actually a grandmother, and her granddaughter, beautiful young lady in her early 20s. 
And they entered into a dark tunnel for several minutes. And in the midst of that darkness where they couldn't see anything, they heard a kiss and a slap. As they came back into the light, the grandmother thought it was very forward of that young man to kiss my granddaughter, but at least she had the good sense to slap him. The young lady thought it was very forward of that young man to kiss me, and it was really uh, a little inappropriate for my grandmother to slap him. <laughs> the general thought it was forward of that young man to kiss that young woman, and she missed. She slapped me. And the young private thought this was a golden opportunity to kiss a young woman and slap a general and get away with both of them. <laughs> it's all about perspective, isn't it? Lori and I have been married uh, with two kids. Ashley is one of our kids. Uh, Austin is the other. Uh, Austin and his wife and their little son uh, live in Springfield, Missouri. They're on staff at their church and working at the national office. It's, it's great great to have kids. We, we uh, enjoyed every phase of raising our kids. We really did. We uh, so often say we should just go do a parenting seminar, and, and uh, the theme of the seminar would be, in fact, the entirety of the seminar would be have compliant kids, and we're done. That's, that's kind of what we had. So we had a great experience of parenting, but I'll tell you what, uh, being a grandparent goes to a whole different level. Are there any grandparents in the room this morning? Yeah, there are a few of us and it makes all the difference. If you're parenting right now, and it seems like things are, are difficult, just hang in there. It will get better. Uh, the days are long, but the years are short. So hang in there and uh, just do your best and ask God to bless you, and He, he will. And we love our, our kids. We love their growing up years. We love our grandkids. And uh, uh, it, it, that's just, as I said, takes things to a whole new level. John Maxwell was uh, is a nationally known speaker. He was at a large conference, and he was talking about uh, having his grandkids and bragging about them, as, as grandparents do. And he, he said, you know, I've noticed something, that intelligence skips a generation. The grandparents are intelligent, and the grandchildren are intelligent, but something happens in that generation in between. As he's telling that story and kind of laughing about it, he looked down and realized that his son was on the front row. He had come to hear him at the conference, and John had forgotten, and he rushed to him after the message. He said, son, I, I was only kidding about that grandparent-grandchild thing. And his son said, oh, no, Dad, it's okay. Grandpa and I talk about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know very, very well, our, our, if you've attended the church for very long, you know our grandson, Elliot. He's five years old. When he was three, he was... Uh, wanted to play with the iPad, and I think he thought that I didn't want him to or whatever, but he, he looked at me holding the iPad in his hands. He said, Papa, I'm going to go over here in the corner. Don't put your face over here. <laughs> when he said that, it, uh, it kind of reminded me, uh, as, as, a, as a pastor, I'm constantly looking for sermon illustrations, so it kind of reminded me of a text, uh, a reference to what's called the Aaronic blessing or Aaron's blessing in Numbers 6 and uh, we read a portion of the text just a moment ago. Pastor Nick read it. Let me, let me maybe read the context of, of those verses. In Numbers chapter 6 and verse 22, we read, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance on you and give you peace. So they shall invoke my name on the sons of Israel, and then I will bless them. In the Old Testament, blessings uh, carried a sense of contract or, or covenant or uh, a relational commitment. And this blessing becomes a thread that kind of runs throughout the Old Testament, this idea of essentially praying, may God look in your direction. And it's fascinating. As you read uh, both the Old and New Testament, it talks about God looking our direction, His face looking toward us. And, and when, when the relationship is broken, the, the way that they say that is that God turned His face away from them. It's, it's a fascinating idea. Uh, but it runs as, a, as a, a thread throughout the Old Testament, especially, that God, put your, put, look in this direction. May God's face shine on you. Essentially, they're saying, God, would, we want you to put your face over here. We want you to be engaged in, uh, in our lives. And, and I wanted to examine what that really meant to them and what it could mean to us this morning. The Lord bless you and keep you. As we read this text, we realize this is God's commitment to His people. He's doing the blessing. He's initiating the covenant. He's initiating the relationship. He's doing the blessing. He's doing the keeping. He's providing what no one else can. Is there anybody in the room that wants God to bless your life? The Lord make His face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance on you and give you peace. There's, there's a position that I, I believe as the people of God, we can take toward God that, that places us in this, in this relationship where we embrace the light of God's countenance. In other words, what I would say to you this morning is that the way for us to receive God's blessing is to invite Him into our lives. It's to invite Him into our experience. It's to invite Him into all of our relationships and, and to say, God, look over here. Look over here. Put your face over here. Shine the light of your countenance in my life. And really, if you think about it, there's no greater blessing that we could ever experience than to have God involved in our lives, right? There was a survey that was done several years ago uh, asking evangelicals, people who believe in a personal relationship with Christ, people who, who understand what it is to, to be in community with other believers, and they ask the question, Do you, how long, have, have you in the last year experienced the presence of God when you came together in church? And 74% of the people surveyed said that they had not experienced the presence of God when they came together in a church service. I thought, that's tragic, because isn't that what we want? Don't we want God's presence in our lives? We want His blessing. As we look at this text, it's, it's written in, in poetry, really, and uh, as you look at the Old Testament, about certainly over half of it, maybe two-thirds of the Old Testament is written in poetry. Poetry is really important in the Old Testament, and in Hebrew poetry, it's interesting, they didn't really rhyme sounds like we rhyme sounds. You know, Mary had a little lamb, its fleece was white as snow, and everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go. Right, we rhyme sounds. You can almost anticipate what word's going to be used. In, in Hebrew poetry, rather than rhyming sounds, they kind of rhymed thoughts. And so they wrote in, in what some scholars call 
parallelisms. They wrote, they would write a line, and then they would almost mirror that line with, with the second thought that kind of amplified it and explained what it meant. It, it, it made it, made the, your, uh, wanted to cause our understanding to be more full. And, and this blessing, the essence, the, the real uh, uh, essence of this blessing is written in a parallelism. And parallel one was the Lord make his face to shine on you. The Lord, uh, and, and in the second phrase, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. Those are, are really the same idea. There's just an amplification. In other words, he's saying, may God look at you and, and, and more than look at you. May, may he lift up his countenance upon you. May, may he shine on you. May he, may he look at you with expression in his face. You've ever looked at someone and you just wondered, what in the world are they thinking about me right now? Anybody ever have that? Sometimes you're, you're checking out at a store and you wonder, did, did they see that I'm actually a person or is this just a transaction? Are they even here? Are they even present? Pastor Nick mentioned it this morning. Whatever energy you've brought with you, sometimes you just kind of run into people and you think, well, they're out. They're done. They're, they, there's no more energy there. And, and so that's, that's what... what what God is saying to, to Moses to tell Aaron to tell the people, he's saying, tell, tell them that, that this is a blessing I want to give them, that God would look at them, but not just look at them, not just say, okay, I see you, you're there, but to lift up his countenance upon them, to let his face shine on them, to be present with them. And I'll tell you, if you've ever experienced it, maybe, maybe you experienced it in worship this morning. By the way, worship team, great job. Thanks for just bringing us into the Lord's presence. Yeah, amen. Maybe you experienced it there. I, I know I did. There, one, the last song they did is just like one of my favorite songs on the whole planet. But, uh, but just saying, Lord, come among us and bring your presence here. Make your presence known among us. I, Maybe you experienced it in worship. Maybe you've experienced it in, in just your personal prayer time. But that sense of God interacting with us. It's a powerful, powerful thing. So that's the first parallel. The second parallel, he says, and, and be gracious to you. And, and he parallels that with, and give you peace. When he says be gracious, what, what, what that word grace means is, may God give you what you don't deserve. Is there anybody in the room who's glad that you get what you don't deserve with God. Because what I deserve is not good. What I get is very good. That's God's grace. And so he says, he says, may the Lord be gracious to you, getting what we don't deserve. And then he says, he, he, the parallel, the, the amplification of that is, and grant you peace. He says, may God give you what, what you don't deserve, and may he give you peace. And when he's talking about this peace, it's the Hebrew word shalom. And when he, when he talks about this word shalom, when he, when he says the word peace, it's more than the absence of conflict. You could say that we are at peace with North Korea because neither of us has dropped a bomb on the other. But that's not what he's talking about. He's, he's talking about shalom, and shalom is this fullness of life that God intends for us. It's, it's, it's this relational wholeness with God and with other people. That's shalom. It's, it's not just, oh man, I'm, I'm glad that we're not blowing each other up. It's, it's that wholeness that God desires for us that we can lay our heads on our pillows at night and know that everything's right with us and God and right with us, <coughs> excuse me, us and people. 
So as God's children, we're blessed, and, and, and this, is, this is his desire for us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. We're blessed with grace and peace and that fullness of life, so much more than we deserve. And there are benefits. As we said, this blessing is, runs as a thread throughout the, the, New, the Old Testament. And it's fascinating, especially in the Psalms. You can see it over and over and over again where the psalmist is saying, may the Lord make his face shine on you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you. Over and over and over again, that, that fullness, those benefits reflected over and over and over again. I wanted to look at just three of those really quickly. We could be here all day, and, and I told Dick I wasn't going to preach for two hours. So, um, But as, as we look at this, the Lord lift up his countenance upon. One thing that is a result of this, one, one uh, maybe facet of this, is that we have a demonstration of God's goodness. In Psalm 4 and verse 6, Psalm 4 and verse 6, the psalmist says, many are saying, who will show us any good? Then we look at the next line, and it says, lift up the light of your countenance upon us, O Lord. God, put your face over here. Put your face over here. The Israelites were asking, who's going to show us any good? Do you ever find yourself asking that question? You know, today it, it feels like in so many instances we're disappointed with, with our leaders, uh, leaders failing us. It seems like every day in Washington brings some new scandal or some new investigation. Uh, I've lost track. I, I tend to follow the news quite a lot. I, ha I can't keep track of who's being investigated for what. The light of the Lord's countenance reminds us that, that maybe we've been looking to men for good. And we all know that if we look to men, we, we will be disappointed. Even leaders, men and women who have the, the best of intentions will disappoint us. But in the light of God's countenance, that psalmist goes on, the psalm goes on in, in verse 7, you have put gladness in my heart. More than when their grain and new wine abound, in peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, I love this, you alone, Lord, make me to dwell in safety. Maybe you're in a place right now where you just need some kind of a demonstration of goodness. When it seems like goodness is really at a premium in, in our world today and that, that we don't see nearly enough of it. We just want someone who's genuinely good and genuinely kind. And, and we understand that men and women will fail us, but God never fails us. His goodness is available. God, put your face over here. Put your face over here. The second thing that, that I think is, is one of the facets of this is, is that we receive direction and guidance when the Lord's face shines on us. I, I love this. Psalm 119, verse 135 says, make thy face to shine upon us. There it is again. Make your face to shine upon thy servant. And he goes on and he says, it's kind of this parallelism. Make your face shine upon thy servant. Teach me thy statutes. God wants to reveal to us as, as, he, as we live in the light of his blessing, as we live in his presence, he wants to reveal to us the best way to live life. And I can tell you, when I've made mistakes in my life, I can usually trace it back to not being in the light of His presence, in the light of His countenance. When I'm, when I'm not saying intentionally, God, make your face shine on this part of my life. 
But in his presence, as we search the scriptures, we discover his guidance and his direction. As we're living in the blessing of God, we discover his guidance and his direction. Maybe today you're saying, man, I don't know what God wants me to do. And there are certainly things in life that are not revealed to us specifically in the scripture. In other words, am I supposed to take this job or that job? Am I supposed to do this college major or that college major? Uh, you can't go to, you know, First Hezekiah 3.14, which is not even a book, and, and, and it'll say, Tom, this is the job I have for you. We don't have that. But here's what I've discovered, that there is a great deal in the Scripture that tells us how to live. And as I'm obedient to what I understand of God's will, can I say it this way? As I put myself in the light of his countenance, he reveals his will to me. As I do what I know he's called me to do, I'll receive revelation from him as to where I'm supposed to go and what I'm supposed to do, the specifics. In the light of his countenance, we receive direction and guidance. Finally, in the light of his countenance, we receive, I love this, divine grace. Psalm 31 and verse 16 says, again, this phrase, Lord, make thy face to shine upon thy servant. And here's, again, the parallelism. Save me in thy loving kindness. Save me in thy loving kindness. Maybe the most basic element of shalom, of peace, Maybe the most basic element of the light of his countenance is knowing that our sins are forgiven. That there's nothing between God and me. That we're saved in his loving kindness. I had a friend, an older minister, who uh, uh, he and I had had a, a difference of opinion on, on an item. And uh, he got sick. I went to visit him in the hospital. His family was lined up on the opposite side of the bed, and there was no little symbolism in that. It was kind of them against me. And uh, as I walked into the room and said, hey, I want to pray for you. And he and I both knew that he may be looking at the end of his life. And he said, well, before you do, I just want to say something to you. I want you to know that I forgive you and there's nothing between my soul and yours. I'll tell you what, it, that felt like a spiritual shower. I said, I want you to know that I receive that and there's nothing from my perspective between us either. And within 24 hours, he passed away. Some of us in the room this morning may be wondering what God thinks of you, thinks of us. And God certainly isn't on his deathbed. He's alive and well. But he wants there to be resolution in that relationship. And... Maybe as, as you came this morning, you were kind of wondering, what, is, what does God think of me? I can tell you, 
that as, as you may be taking Elliot's perspective and saying, God, don't put your face over here because I don't even like this part of me. God is saying, no, I want to put my face there. In fact, that's exactly where I want to put my face. I want to enter into that. You say, no, it's, it's messy. No, that's where I want to be. Why? Because I want to transform your life in the light of my presence. That's what this is really all about. Allowing God, that's why Pastor Nick alluded to it earlier. We, we come together. You know, he stood up here and said, man, how'd you say it? It's good to see you. It's good to see. It's just good to be together. It's good to be in right relationship. Listen, God thinks that way a million times more. He wants to be in right relationship with us and have us in right relationship with him. When Elliot asked me not to put my face over there, I did the exact opposite. I craw crawled over on the floor next to him, put my arm around him. We messed around with the iPad for a while, and I said to him, I will put my face over here. And that's what he really wanted. And that's what we want from God also. We desire relationship with the living God. And that's what the blessing is all about. As the band comes, I wonder if, if there's a portion of your life that needs the light of God's face, his, the light of His countenance to shine upon some specific area. Maybe Maybe you're in a situation where you're not even sure about what your relationship with God is, if there is a relationship there, and, and you want that kind of a relationship. I want to encourage you this morning to ask for His forgiveness, to invite Him into the mess, to invite Him into the situation, to invite Him to shine the light of His countenance upon you. You know, life is complicated. And a lot of times, we don't have all the answers, and sometimes we have the answers, and we even fail when we have the answers. God wants to be involved in all of that, and He wants us to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we're forgiven and that we're in right relationship with Him. That's what He desires. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we come to a close of the service. And would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we invite you into every part of our lives this morning. Lord, some of those, some of those are, are kind of frightening areas to say, uh, God, we invite you because we haven't figured them out yet. In some of those areas, Lord, we feel like we're failures. And we'd prefer that you'd, you'd not look at them, kind of in our, our ourselves. But Lord, we know that what we really desire, what we really desire is relationship with you. That your face would shine upon us, that you would lift up the light of your countenance upon us. That's what we desire. I wonder, as, as we kind of make application of what we've talked about this morning, if there's someone in the room who might say, I need God's forgiveness. I need, I need to know that I'm in right relationship with Him. Maybe, 
maybe you've never really come to that place where you're certain of your relationship with God, and you just slip your hand up and just by that upright hand, you're saying, Tom, would you pray for me in that specific area? Or maybe there are some today who would say, there's an area of my life that I've not allowed God to get into. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's some decision that you've got to make. I don't know what your situation is, but you'd slip your hand up and say, yeah, I'm, today I want to just say, God, uh, shine your face on this part. Thanks. So my hand's going up. Just, you just slip up your hand and put it right back down. It's just between you and the Lord. Lord, as we as we come to a close of, of this service, we ask for your forgiveness in those areas where we have faltered. And we welcome your presence. We welcome your presence. Lord, in light of everything we've shared this morning, I, I feel like I can confidently confidently pray a blessing over this people because we know, Lord, that your blessing is more than just saying, yeah, God, treat me good and, and treat me well and give me all kinds of good things. But, Lord, we recognize that your blessing is your presence among us, your involvement and engagement in our lives, and we open ourselves to your blessing, to your presence. And so in light of all of that, this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen. Pastor Nick's going to come and close the service in just a moment. I just, I kind of want to go on record. Um, Two counts. Excuse me. One, one is, I just want to say congratulations as a church. I've been able to watch your progress over the last couple of years and see what God's doing. And, you know, Lori and I get to go visit a lot of churches. One measure that we have of, of churches, obviously, you want to have great biblical teaching, which you're getting. I'll get to that in just a minute. But... But one of the great markers is that there's laughter in the lobby and that people hang around after after church. And the guy that or gal that's locking up has to say, okay, get out of here. I need to need to go do some things. That you people like each other. And and we sense that here. We sense, boy, the name change is really apropos. Grace community. We sense a lot of grace and a lot of community here. And I just want to say congratulations, especially to those who were uh, we're here uh, prior to Pastor Nick and Pastor, Pastor Ashley's arrival, and you've hung in there, and you've been faithful to God, and God has blessed your faithfulness. I want to say thank you. So first, congratulations as a congregation. Congratulations for being healthy and being a place where, man, if, if we lived in Cedar Falls, this is we have Sundays that we wake up and say, hey, it's only two hours away. Let's just go up. We love this church. We love what what God's doing and, and appreciate your blessing, your pastors. Really appreciate that. And I just want to, as a dad and as a father-in-law, say um, Nick and Ashley, awesome job. Awesome, awesome job.
I realize that I'm terribly biased, but if we could, if if we believed in cloning, boy, I would I would invest in that and we clone you guys and, and send you across the state. But great job, great job. Proud is not the right word in this context, but I will say I'm very very grateful to God. pastor's going to come and wrap up the service. God bless you. Thanks so much for your attention this morning. Thanks. Thanks, Pastor Tom. I think we have five minutes. Can you give me five minutes? I don't, th- I don't think we're done. Is that okay? Uh, I, I think we should do what he said a little bit and just create a little space maybe. Your, your lunch will hold, I Maybe create a little space in our lives uh, for the Spirit of God this morning, a little bit more. Uh, Pastor Tom prayed a blessing over us, and it's one that I hope you received, because it is how God feels about you. But he also uh, needs our participation.